0: Welcome to the Talking Writing Podcast. I'm John Vogel, TW's Creative Director. For today's episode, we have a special roundtable discussion about trying to balance an artistic drive with parenting. We're doing this episode in conjunction with Parent Sounds, a newsletter and podcast run by Matthew Buccelli that highlights parents pursuing creative passions amidst the day-to-day rollercoaster that is family life. Matthew has just started to pursue his passion for electronic music through DJing and throwing parties in Berlin, where he lives. Starting with kinder raves, daytime dance and techno parties for families, he's now expanded to doing nighttime parties for adults as well. We're also joined by Toya Gavin, whose coaching practice Woke Up Worthy helps women of color live out their dreams and find joy in a world that underestimates them. Toya is a writer, a coach, and most importantly for this episode, a mom, living in California. She is also working on a book with TW's community manager, Neva Taliaden, under the working title The Courage Practice, which focuses on giving women of color tools to navigate the oppressive forces of society and thrive. We are lucky to be joined as well by Becca Palmer of the newsletter Studio Sundays, a toolkit with practical advice for working artists, and a chronicle of her own art career. Becca is a visual artist and writer in New York City who maintains a business selling stylized colorful baskets on her online store, We Are Closed Mondays. Due to a scheduling conflict, these interviews were done separately, with Matt, Becca, and me in one interview, and Toya and me in the other interview. I've edited both sessions into one to bring all the participants' responses together. So glad to have you all with us and uh, just wanted to um, start out by having everybody um, like basically go over the, their, their work and family structure. So like, what role do you play in the family? Uh, Are you the primary um, breadwinner and also like, um, yeah, how, how, how you, how you have structured your your setup within your family. Um, Yeah. Do you want to go first, Becca?
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, Becca and I have one kid, he's one, he'll turn one on Saturday. Um, And my husband and I both are artists that work from home. So our current setup is everyone works when he's napping. And (laughs) then we alternate throughout the day when he's awake. Um, So both of us kind of have part-time work right now, but it's very scattered, the amount of time we get to work. And uh, right now he's the primary breadwinner because his work is uh, film production, and that's just a higher day rate than painting.
0: (laughs) Nice. Uh, And and, and you're basically both... um... Kind of working the same amount, um, within your artistic realms.
1: Yeah, it, we're really flexible about it. It depends on the week. Like if he has a shoot, then um, then I'll do baby care for the whole week or however many shoot days he has. Um, and then if he doesn't have a film shoot or like an editing job, then he'll take a little more during those weeks, so I have more time to work. So I'd say, like, over the course of a year, it's pretty evenly split. But in the day-to-day, it can be, like, very different. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: We had a bunch of upheaval. My husband and I got married in 2021 during COVID. Mm. And then, like, a year later, everything changed. My father-in-law passed away. We moved Mm. across country. Like, my husband got a new job. I was pregnant. So there was, like, all the things. And so... Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, from that, um, um, we both kind of moved here, like, all right, like I, I coped primarily, that's my primarily, uh, my form of contribution to the family household. And, um, I knew that with all that change, like I just wasn't gonna be able to pick up as many clients and do as many things as I, um, used to um and so that became true but what was great about my husband and this new gig is that you know we could still swing it like swing things with the move with being pregnant and then even during maternity leave where I didn't have to work so now I'm back to work and kind of he's still the primary breadwinner for sure um and it does help me in like my other sort of artistic endeavors which is primarily writing um I maintain a newsletter on Substack, I coach, and I'm also writing a book. And my husband has been very um, supportive of that process and of figuring out how to write a book and how to do it and how to find your voice and all of those things in the artistic process. So that's kind of how we um, are like managing the finance in terms of like my schedule and stuff. We do a nanny share with our next door neighbors, which is great. So there's have the walker next door and that gives me um, time to work with my clients and then also to work on the book and work on the newsletter and any other sort of artistic idea that I fancy. Um, I'm not a great uh, I wouldn't show this to anyone, but I do like I do draw and I'll do, do stuff like that on my own time. I like gets the creative juices floating flow uh, flowing. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're for my own personal <laughs> viewing. I'm not, uh, uh, an artist in that way by any means. Um, so that's kind of how we manage it.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And how about you, Matt? Uh,
3: yeah, well, first of all, thanks for, for having us. Um, it's, uh, it's fun to be a part of the conversation. And also, um, it's, it's interesting to hear how other people, um, sort of split up the, uh, the childcare, working, you know, fulfilling your professional self uh, equation. Um, it's been a big theme in our house for the last couple of months, actually, because um, my son just started daycare. And in Germany, daycare is a really long adaptation process. Um, it can take as little as two or three weeks. Um, it can take as long as a couple of months, which is just did in in my case. And the idea is basically that um, the childcare environment, um, which is called a, a Kinder Tagesstätte or a Kita, <laughs> a very very German word, the full one. Um, basically, the, the idea is that the Kita um, is trying to build um, a strong bond between the caregiver and the child, and doing that over you know a lasting or a longer period of time so that there's, there's not like quite the same, um, instant separation between the kid and, and the parents. Um, it is, uh, one parent who, uh, does the adaptation. Um, so, uh, I've done the adaptation for both of our kids and the last time it was very short and this time it was very long. And so for the last couple of months I've been in kind of the same situation as Becca just described, just trying to get work in in those scattered windows, and um, you know, uh, my my partner has a more traditional job, um, and and you know has uh, been great in terms of um, trying her best to to cover for me at times when I've had busy work days, um, but uh, I. I kind of rejoiced a little bit last week when our, our son finally started doing full days at the daycare and, um, just getting like a, a full, I won't even say eight hour work day, but like a, a six hour work day back, um, was like a sense of elation that I haven't felt in connection with, uh, with work in a long time. Our, in our family, um, my my partner and I share, uh, I guess we share both income earning and child care responsibilities. Um, there have been different periods where uh, both of us have been the primary breadwinner, so to speak, um, and uh, there have been a couple of uh, extended periods in the last couple of years where uh, my partner's been the primary caregiver, and yeah, now we're sort of... Uh, slowly coming to uh, another new normal of, you know, both kids being in, in the daycare, um, which is, uh, we're really just at the beginning of, of this phase. So, um, kind of both moving into this phase of like two, two working parents, two kids in daycare. Uh, and it's kind of crazy cause this is just going to basically be our routine until they, you know, turn 18 <laughs> at this point. <laughs> totally. And, and, uh, just,
0: For myself, I've, um, I have, my, my wife has been the, uh, primary breadwinner for the, since, since Henry was born. We kind of were, like, even before she got pregnant. And then, um, I was in a job situation where the, uh, that was really hostile. (laughs) And I, uh, uh, you know, like, regular, just, like, sort of hostile work environment hostile, um, But uh, so I ended up leaving that when she got pregnant because we were already planning on me scaling back. And I started like focusing on trying to get just like freelance uh, remote work just in order to um, plan for uh, being home with a kid all the time and trying to do that juggle, which I thought was going I I didn't think it was going to be as hard as it as it ended up being <laughs> nobody does um, <laughs> um and then and then over the course of like uh so my kids five years old five and a half uh, and just went into public school kindergarten for the first time um and my wife has been continuously promoted throughout that time and uh her job has actually gotten like continuously more stressful and involved Um, which makes it, which also makes it hard for me to, uh, like dive in and commit fully to anything. And, and now I'm in a weird limbo where I have more time, but, um, I've been diving more into creative projects and trying to, uh, figure out, yeah, just trying to balance like billable hours with, um, getting, creative stuff done and also trying to do all the stuff that all like the unpaid work that isn't billable hours Um <laughs> that is involved with like creative endeavors. Uh Yeah. And that's been, that's been my, my main situation lately. Um, Becca, I don't know if you can speak to that also being since both of you are artists, because there's like a lot of, uh, I feel like, in artwork, there's a lot of, uh, background stuff that you're sort of doing and not getting paid for. Um, is there any, do you have any good advice for, for trying to balance that out or figure out that, that, uh, teeter totter?
1: Um, great question. I, I feel like what happened this year, cause it was my first year of motherhood is I just didn't do admin work. <laughs> I'm like, you know what, I don't, I'm not going to answer that email, which like sometimes you have to because that's the person that's going to give you money um, but like some a lot of unsolicited stuff it's just like, I just didn't have time and then I've really let my bookkeeping pile up so I don't have a great answer but I I would say that I prioritize um, like the really creative fulfilling stuff that you, you sort of have to do to keep your practice. Like I, I always do my morning pages, even though certainly no one's paying me to write in a journal for a half hour every morning.
0: Right. Uh, which I think is important. I mean, cause you're it, that also to, you know, I'm a big um, advocate for the mental health as benefits of doing artwork. And I feel like especially, in early childhood early parenthood I feel like it's important to like maintain your mental health balance as well and if that's helping with that then that almost seems more important you know
1: yeah yeah, yeah I've just accepted that I'll have these three years uh, we're lucky we live in New York City so once he's three he can go to 3K and that's public school here mm-hmm. um, and I'm just like okay. I could do three years without like producing the amount of work that I'm used to producing, and then hopefully, like Matthew has six hours a day.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah I, and, I, I'll tell you, Becca. By the time your your child is three years old, uh, and, and you're uh, hopefully sending uh, him to to Universal Pre K. Um, it's going to feel like a whole different world of parenthood to what you're probably going through right now. As the parent of a three-year-old and a one-year-old, um, I can sort of relate, relate yeah. to both of those uh, points in time.
0: And now back to our Parenting Roundtable with Toya Gavin of Woke Up Worthy, Becca Palmer of Studio Sundays, and Matthew Buccelli of Parent Sounds. And so, yeah, before I had kids, um, somebody at a wedding just offered this information. Uh, He said that having kids makes you become a more honest version of yourself because you get rid of all the things that you don't really care about and end up narrowing down your life to only the necessities. And for me, music and art have become more important to me as I've gone through that process. But I wanted to see if that resonates with any of you as well.
2: Yeah. Wow. There are so many things. Um, one, yes, it does resonate and it resonates on a couple levels. So I think on a like vain, um, mom, women, body issue level, like before, once I got pregnant and had her, I thought I was like going to care about like bouncing back and working out and doing all this shit. Cause I used to work out all the time and I, I do do it for health. But I would just be doing it to look a certain way. And like after I had her, it's like, I don't give a shit. I do want to be healthy for her and live a long life. But the ideals that I kind of put myself in, those boxes of how I looked, um, really, one, I don't care. And then two, I realized like, I don't want to model that for my kid. I don't want to model for my kid that your worth is determined by how you look and I didn't realize how much I was doing that, even though I thought I was not. And so that's one way where it's just like, it's narrow it down to like, yeah, I'm working out for health, but like, I have a Peloton. They always say like, you're an athlete. I'm like, I'm not an athlete. I'm not an athlete. I'm not, I don't want to look like you. I'm never going to walk around. Like, I want to be healthy and live a long life for my kid, but that's important to me. Um, And then on the art side of like, what's important to me, I think it really does... You know, all the things, there's a lot of like um, ideals, I think for women in particular, about how you should be as a mom and how you should be in your family. Like this holiday season, like taking the holiday card and sending it out and just like all those little things. And I'm just like, I, what I care about is writing this book. What I care about is being with my kid I care about is being with my husband and like if I were to do all those things it would take away from my time with them and so like you might get an email you're going to email some pictures or some text mess pictures of her but I'm not doing a holiday card this year maybe next year maybe 10 years from now I don't know maybe never (laughs) (laughs) but it's really pared down those unintentional expectations that I didn't even realize I was holding
0: Mm -hmm. and how about you Becca
2: yeah,
1: I've been thinking about this question. Um I feel like my life before I had a kid, I really like spent a lot of time like envisioning what I wanted my life to look like and what I wanted my days to feel like and I I did it and then I feel like adding a kid <laughs> made like the time crunch. Yes, I feel like I only do what's necessary, but also if I had really wanted to like, I don't know, pursue art only, I think I don't, I don't think I would have had a kid, (laughs) which is like an unpopular thing to say sometimes. I love my kid. I'm really happy we had a kid, but I'm like, oh, this is not conducive to like an art career right now, which I'm sure that will change over the years, like a one-year-old's. Quite a handful, um, but yeah, I actually feel like my life got more complicated with a kid, and I was very simple. Like I'd go to my studio every day, and I'd work for like eight or ten hours, and then I'd like maybe do a social activity, and eat dinner, and go to bed, and that was very much my life before. So I, I'm having I don't know I feel like I'm having a, a, a crisis now.
0: <laughs> Matt and I actually uh I think it was an email uh touched on a similar subject because um I feel like both of us have uh, y- you know this this tension happening where it's like I want to be I want to be pursuing this art I have ambitions towards this artistic career or art pursuit Uh, But I don't feel like I have enough time to actually go full force to do to to put in the necessary time that it'll take me to get to where I want to go, putting out albums and touring and stuff like that. And it's just like that's not available to me right now. I can't go on those tours, Mm -hmm. you know, I can't (laughs) I can't like grind that same way right now. I'm just not in a position to do it. Just bring Um, your five year old
3: John. It's okay.
0: Uh, yeah that's what i did last time I, I i brought him down to uh my parents house and uh and sort of had my parents watch him while i did like shows around their city <laughs> um Exciting. yeah um but yeah yeah I, I totally totally get that maybe matthew do you want to go uh because you you are um doing electronic music and uh events um outside of parenthood and your job, right? I, I mean, you you don't consider that your job, right? That's outside of your work?
3: Well, yeah, I'm, I'm in an interesting position right now because um, I, I'm basically trying to make my creative projects my job in a way that they haven't been in the past. So um, I've always been somebody who, you know, has worked in pretty conventional roles and, um, I say conventional, I mean, I've been working on uh, various remote jobs for eight years now, but um, until uh, the end of last year, before I went into my second parental leave, um, you know, I was, I was working in, like, uh, project management roles, and I, I had worked for a consulting company for a while, and I'd always sort of managed to carve out enough free time to work on creatively fulfilling projects, so... Basically, uh, yeah, I, I have been spending uh, more and more time over over the last, uh, I would say at this point, about nine months on creative projects and um, trying to, I guess, professionalize those. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I get the sense in speaking with a lot of other parent creatives for uh, our newsletter, especially, you know, I talk to a lot of people, I think both of your subs sons like you would fall into this category who um they are professional creatives they were professional creatives before kids and now it's like trying to maintain that creative life and career uh amidst this like massive change in you know your obligations and and just like the sheer amount of stuff you have to do on a daily basis um and so i've kind of done a weird inversion inverted version of this where um i have uh decided to basically embark on a creative career uh after already um already being a couple of years into into family life a couple of years and a couple of kids into family life so um you know in, in terms of uh sort of talking about narrowing your life down to the necessities um in some way i think maybe my decisions uh, over the past year uh, have actually reflected what you know is is really um important to me because uh if i were narrowing my life down to the absolute practical or material necessities i'd probably just be going and trying to find a job that paid me as much money as i could you know possibly earn or or, or as much money as i feel would be you know necessary for our family circumstances um but i i have felt this um I don't know, strong and uh, compelling pull over the last year to um, try and make a creative career out of all of my various interests. And, um, you know, that's what I'm going to I'm going to continue to do. So I think that that speaks to the role that that necessity uh, seems to play in my life. So yeah, how about uh, prioritizing the time you have
0: left outside? And uh, Becca, you actually uh, touched on this briefly, just in terms of like when your kid goes down for their nap, it's like mm-hmm. y- you don't want to necessarily um, do your admin work during that time. Like you'd rather do something yeah. that makes you happy. Um, so yeah, how, how how do you guys both uh, balance the sort of um, Like, what you decide to spend your time on when you do have that free time. And uh, yeah, why don't we start with Becca?
1: Yeah. um, I fall into the trap where, so I have like multiple practices, and the main way I make money is through handmade baskets. And I have a pretty like substantial online store and a lot of clients and a lot of like interior designers that I sell them to and if that is on the table like I have an order in I almost always like feel like I have to do it first because someone's paying me to do it and I've tried really hard this year to get out of the habit of doing that first and I always do like at least 30 minutes just for myself first thing and because the money the things that I'm getting paid to do I will make happen no matter what like I will always I'll stay up late I'll you know, my husband can take the kid for an extra hour. There's always a way to to get the ones where, like, someone's going to be mad if you don't do it. Uh, but for, like, the personal practice, especially paintings, because I don't sell those ahead of time, I have to, like, self-initiate all of that work. Um, so I try to do that first. It's the first one I do in the morning. And then if I have work that I'm getting paid to do, I'll do that later. And then if I have extra time then I might do some admin work.
3: Becca, you just made me feel so validated about my decision to <laughs> um, prioritize editing uh, some of my backlogged episodes of the Parent Sounds podcast this week instead of starting to work on a on a client project that, <laughs> that was starting at the same time and... Uh, now I have a bunch of stuff to get done before tomorrow afternoon, Friday, and uh, I'm like, hmm, yeah. I don't know if there's enough hours, mm. uh, but I'm going to find a way to do it for exactly the reasons that you just discussed.
1: Yeah, it's, no one, if, you, if no one's paying you to do it, not that that's the only motivation, yeah. but it's really hard to prioritize yeah, it. Yeah, totally. And the only way to do it is to do it first. Yeah. I like yeah,
0: that a lot. Yeah, that's which is which is counterintuitive to what yeah. we learn societally right like exactly, it's like yeah. do the hard work first do the paid work first and then do your your pleasure time um yeah I, and and i've been sort of going through a similar thing where i uh will oftentimes like feel like i need to do work during the especially in the like 10 to 12 range or like 10 to 11 at night range and Uh and i'm like like i should be pushing on this and then i'm like but instead i just Mm -hmm. like write loops and then i'm I'm like you know what (laughs) i've got i've got tomorrow i'll be in you know i can just wake up and i'll just do it in the morning and um i usually will like push it off until school time um because, uh, because I guess the other side of that is that I'm usually like, it's easier for me to concentrate on that stuff during the day too. Um, yeah, that's so, a big part of it. That's a good too. point.
3: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I practice my DJ sets yeah. after the kids go to sleep because uh, it's. Man, I don't know if it's just that all the all nighters in college have just like ruined my my night <laughs> brain, but I I just I find it really hard to focus after, you know, nine thirty or ten p.m. now. um, but I, I do often stay up later than that. And so um, oftentimes if I'm if I'm feeling that creative spark, uh, I'll just use that time to take out the DJ controller.
2: So I'm big with like schedules. Like' I'm, I'm the type of person that likes to have like I, like blocks of time. Um, for things. And that's how I navigate it. So I'm a little like, I know, like on Tuesdays, I'm working on this at, you know, this time to this time. And if stuff gets in the way, that's fine. But that's kind of how I navigate it. It gives me a sense of control, even if it's fake. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, But that's, that's really how I, I navigate it. So I just prioritize like, okay, you know, this time, these times I'm working on the business and then this is what I'm working on the book stuff. And even with that, like I'll have goals about how far I'm going to get with the book. And inevitably I don't meet them in the time or whatever. And then will something will happen that'll say like, okay, I just need to get this done. So Neva and I were like, I wanted to, um, because we're starting to query for agents and publishers and stuff. And so I really wanted to, we have been knocking this proposal around for a while on the book and just going through different things. And I have enough stuff where I'm like, actually, this is ridiculous. And so I just kind of told my husband one evening, like, all right, I just got to knock this out. And then I did it. And then I was like, oh, like this isn't, I'm just messing around with this for a bit. So stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's really just, you know, pretend control with the schedule
0: right right <laughs> and, and it could all come crashing down at any point
2: hey listen yeah. my daughter got sick yeah one week and i work from home so it's like i'm it. you tag you're it
0: right right
2: <laughs> right
0: And now back to our Parenting Roundtable with Toya Gavin of Woke Up Worthy, Matthew Buccelli of Parent Sounds, and Becca Palmer of Studio Sundays. Um, And how has uh, art's role changed in your life, pre-kids and post-kids?
2: I still am able to dedicate time to it. I think like what you mentioned earlier, it's like I have this need, particularly with this book, and things that I'm thinking about to kind of leave these ideas for my daughter. So they feel oh. more, I think the word is tender to me. Um, Cause like, this is the book that I'm writing. The courage practice is like the book that I needed when I was like, went to law school when I was a young adult and was trying to figure it out. And I felt very much like, gosh, I'm just not measuring up. Like, I don't, I don't how am I doing? Like, I'm doing this all wrong. And so it feels more important because I want to have this, I want to have my thoughts on these subjects available to her. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's how it changed. It it feels, there's more of a dedication, I think, to the art so that she could know, like I I went through this too. Like I, you know, I'm, when she's an adult, I'm going to be older And we tend to not realize that our parents went through what we're going through. And I want her to have, you know, a record of those things.
0: Matt, you said that you uh, um, didn't start really pursuing art until your kids uh, started. I guess what were your roadblocks before you had kids to start doing the art? And uh, what do you, how do you feel like those were removed after you had kids?
3: Mm, Yeah, I I like the way you put that question. Um, Yeah, I I alluded earlier, I've always kind of been uh, a man of many side hustles. Um, For a while, I gave a history bike tour here in Berlin, and that was kind of my creative fulfillment for a long time. Um, and it had everything that we're talking about now. You know, there was external validation. It was on Airbnb experiences. People could leave me a review. You know, I could see, uh, if I had lots of reviews, good job, you know, this kind of thing. Um, and, and, you know, the aspect of like historical storytelling, I I studied history in college so that, that creative side always made me feel really good. Um, But I guess uh, it always just felt art always just sort of felt like something that other people did. Um, And, you know, it was like, it was always kind of more frivolous to me. It was like, okay, I'm doing this, but it's like very much a side thing and something I'm doing next to my, you know, main or income earning work, uh, if we want to put it like that. and I guess what's changed, and maybe this is related, John, to the, the wedding question that you mentioned, you know, uh, about narrowing things down to the necessities. I, I guess what's changed is that after you have children, uh, you just do have less time to do things that, you know, you love, uh, that you care about besides your family. Um, and... So, you know, I, 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 if I want art and music to be a part of my life, um, I can't really look at it as this frivolous thing anymore. Because if I do, it's just not going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. Or at least that's what I kind of keep telling myself. And I, I think there's something in it. I mean, if, if I, it would be very easy for me to say, uh, you know, I got to work. Uh, I had to take care of these. Uh, kids in the morning and evening and, you know, we do stuff as a family, typically all day together on the weekends, um, I, I just don't have time to uh, to play music or I just don't have time to write and, you know, I, I just need to put that on hold for a while. Um, and I, I guess I've just realized that uh, it's really important to me on, like, a fundamental um, level and and, uh, you know, I, I, think in many ways, that's why it's become a more central part of my life and, and identity, um, especially in the past year. So, yeah. How, how about you, Becca? How, how has,
0: uh, cause you, you're, you're, um, have, have you always been a, like, um, professional artist? Like, has that always been your main income?
1: Uh, for... About 10 years, yeah. Okay. Um, I feel like when I, like last year while I was pregnant, I was already considering like a bit of a career change. I, I've i been trying to stop making these handmade baskets, but it's how I'm making money. So it keeps, it keeps happening. It's sticking around. Um, and then when I came home from the hospital, I sort of felt like, I don't know if this is a... Specific to just like giving birth, but I, I felt like I was literally dissolving. Like my body was going away, and the only thing that was like keeping me here was like sneaking into my studio, even for 10 minutes, and like doing a small painting or a drawing. Or like I kept my sub stack up. I don't know how during my entire postpartum period. And I was like, I just have to do something. It was my, it was really my lifeline. Um, especially in those super early sleepless, uh, newborn time. Um, and now it's, it's still my profession, but it's definitely feels like a more like spiritual practice to me than before. I mean, it's definitely part of my identity of being an artist. And so it was like something I could cling to where like I had gone through this massive change like having a baby. And there was this one part of me that I felt like I got to hold on to that was just for just for me.
0: And how do you both deal with um, trying to get other stuff done while like on the parenting clock? Like when you're with your kiddos, do you try to get work done? Or do you just give up and fully switch that part of your brain off until you have free time to, to address it. And I know, uh, Matt and I sort of, uh, just exchanged a brief line about this in email. And, um, I had said that, like, I feel like when I try to do stuff with my kid, I'm sort of like, feel like I'm distracted in both realms. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not, you know, which is sort of like a common drawback of, uh, any sort of, um, Multitasking, but yeah. Uh, wh- why don't we start with you, Matt? Just to, to yeah. Up.
3: As I emailed to you, this one resonated a lot with me. Um, <laughs> I had this experience. Uh, this was earlier this week. Um, over the weekend, I had um, my first uh, grown-up techno party that I organized uh, with a with a friend, another Papa DJ, actually. Um, that I met during the Kinder Rave, and we, we had like a, a nighttime party. And we took this recording of the party. Um, and for various reasons, the recording didn't turn out so well. The, the signal coming in from the mixer was, was too hot, and, and the sound kind of got all distorted. Um, and so I was like trying frantically and audacity to use my incredibly limited self taught mastering skills. Uh, to, to try and like, fix this recording. And I was uh, doing so like, right before I had to go and pick up my kids from daycare. Uh, so obviously I, I didn't get to any sort of satisfactory resolution in my amateur mastering because there was no resolution to be had. The recording was just terrible. There was no way to salvage it. We even sent it to a, a guy with some <laughs> more sophisticated mastering tools than we have. And he was like, sorry, I can't help you. um so but what ended up happening on Monday was you know I spent my whole bike ride to go pick up my kids thinking about this recording and being like oh man well you know if I just try this or you know all right let me just do that um and so then of course when I came back to the house with them I was thinking all right well you know uh, this isn't really work that I have to focus that much on you know I can I can just like sit here and edit this audio while they like Play around, You know, it's not like I'm on a call. It's not like I'm trying to, like, sit down and write something, which is usually an activity that requires a lot more focus for me. Um, and so I was, like, sitting there trying to master this unsalvageable audio while my kids were crawling around my workroom, and I was, like, getting grumpy with them for just no real reason at all. I mean, they were just, like, doing kid stuff, you know? Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I just sort of found myself. Um, I wouldn't even say just distracted in both realms. I, I would say like a worse version of both of yeah. those versions of myself. You know, I was I was certainly being a worse parent in that moment because I should have been present with my kids, um, and I probably shouldn't have been impatient with them over you know the the things that they were doing. Yeah, I, I think I, I'd i like to tell you I learned from that experience and it's never going to happen again. Probably uh, some some version of it will, hopefully not with as much futility. Um, but I think the lesson for me, and, and this is also just like understanding myself, is I have a very, very, very hard time disconnecting from unfinished work. And so um, it's important to me that... I get whatever I'm working on done or reach a satisfactory point with it where I feel good about it before I transition into parenting mode or or really before I transition into anything else where I have a need to feel present because otherwise um, it, it is on my mind and it's really, really, really hard to do the mental gymnastics to... You know, take me out of thinking about that thing. So that's something I'm going to think uh, and pay attention to a lot more down the road.
0: Yeah, and I I, I think that even goes for um, when you do try. Yeah, like even if you're not trying to do it while you're with your kids, I've I know I find when um, if I've just got a stack of things that I know I have to do for work in my head, yeah, and then I and I go to try to like spend time with my son it's like i'm completely preoccupied by it and i start to get like shorter with him you know um so i I, yeah i feel like even that same tension can exist even if you're trying to Mm. not do something while you're with your kid if you're just like preoccupied by everything you have to do (laughs) you know it, it can also yeah start to surface and how about you becca What's your experience?
1: I've definitely tried to like bring my laptop into the living room and sit on the floor and like write a couple emails or something. And he's just like banging on it. Like, okay, (laughs) this is not going to work. Like he's, he, he's very engaged right now. And so it's like, and even if he's off in a corner playing with some toys, as soon as I walk in with a device or like even a you know, a journal and trying to do my morning pages next to him. He's like, Zoop. he has like this sixth sense for something else. He's like, oh, <laughs> she's playing with something that looks really engaging. Like, I want to do that. Um, so there's definitely no bringing like physical things around him. And I, I had this vision before I had a baby, which, you know, whatever i i was like oh i could go to my studio and he can like sit on the floor and play and no my studio is like a literal death trap for babies there's like these sharp scissors everywhere like hanging from hooks (laughs) and i'm like this it's just not an appropriate place for a baby to be hanging out or even like maybe a 10 year old i don't know how old kids use really sharp scissors but I think
3: so many so many people, uh, maybe literally every working parent or, or maybe just every parent has had a version of this realization um, of like yeah. the mismatch between what you think you're going to be able uh-huh. to get done with uh-huh. your kid around <laughs> versus what, like, what yeah. uh, it actually is in reality. <laughs>
2: uh-huh. I stopped. I like tried it once and I was like, this is ridiculous. I tried yeah. to do a meeting one time while she was napping. Of course, she didn't nap. It's like, forget it. I really thought it was funny. I was like, oh, she'll be napping. No. And then she woke up and she wanted to be in the meeting. Then she's throwing my pages all around. And I was like, all right, never. We're done.
0: Thank you for listening to the Talking Writing Podcast. We're an independent literary site and nonprofit organization based in the Boston area, but with contributors from around the world. Since our founding in 2010, We've relied on donations to keep publishing and podcasting. To donate to TW, you can use the Donate button on the RSS.com page of this podcast or visit TalkingWriting.com donate. And of course, feel free to drop us a line at editor at TalkingWriting.com.